Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Fear, Inc. We're so excited you're here for this new series. And uh, if fear were a business, it would be the biggest business, the biggest corporation in all the world. And here's our goal for this series. We want to help put fear out of business in your life, in everyone's life. Men at TCI Correctional Facility, we welcome you. We're excited you're simulcasting with us. And Boardman, we're exciting that, excited that you're simulcasting. Good morning. I know your worship was awesome. And if you're visiting Boardman, we're so excited to be able to teach here and teach there at the same time in TCI. And guys here in Warren, I've been so excited about this series because fear is something that we really have to deal with. Every single one of us are familiar with it. It's been bugging us in one way or another our entire lives. And I think it's interesting. I found this 500-year-old quote from a Frenchman. His name's Michel de Montagnat. He said this, My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. Isn't that true? But you know what? Now, 500 years later, bring it up to today, do you know what? Science has discovered, they've done all these tests. Do you know that 80 5% of what we worry about never actually happens. Think about that. That's a lot of extra worry. That's a lot of extra fear. And out of the 15% that's left, 12% of it, they tell us, is never, ever a big deal. And only 3% actually happens. And the 3% that happens, people make it through that 3%. But think about it, 97% of the time when you and I are fearful and we're worrying, it's never going to happen Anyway, so today we want to talk about a specific type of fear, and if you've never dealt with this, I can promise you we'll give you principles that will help you with other types of fear, and then each week we want to deal with a different type of fear and how to overcome it. Today I want to deal with the fear of people, and I'm not talking about you and I being afraid that someone's going to rob our home or you and I being afraid that uh, someone's going to beat us up. We're talking about you and I being concerned, overly concerned with what people think about us. It's called the fear of people. And if you and I are overly concerned with what people think about us, it's not a good thing. And so I want to help you kind of figure out where you're at. I want to give you the top 10 questions that if some of these are going on in your life, you probably are struggling with the fear of people. Because when you have the fear of people, you become a people pleaser. And so see if any of these resonate as we read them. Number one is this, you don't say what you really think. Number two, you feel unappreciated. Number three, you compare yourselves to others. Number four, you obsess with your looks, clothing, and weight. It's okay to be want to look good, but obsess is the key word here, right? And then number five, you overspend on others. Number six, you apologize for almost everything. Guys, I'm sorry for reading you this list. Sorry, sorry. And number seven, you can't live with rejection. Number eight, criticism crushes you. And number nine, you struggle asking for help. Number 10 is really prevalent in so many people's lives. You can't say no. And if one of these tens are happening, 10 are happening in your life, you probably are struggling with the fear of people. Here's what the Bible says about it. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap. 
So again, what does it mean to fear people? This translation, today's English, does a great job. It reads, same verse, reads like this. It's a dangerous trap to be concerned with what others think about you. And of course, that would be overly concerned, right? Because there's a middle of the road where you and I, you know, we want to please our parents. We want to please our mates. We want to please our boss. And there's this, this healthy wanting to please people. And then there's two two ditches we can fall into, right? Now, one ditch that we can fall into is when we just blow it off, we don't fix it, but we get this calloused attitude, I don't care what anybody thinks, and if they don't like it, they can lump it. I just don't care what you think. Well, that's this side of the ditch, and we surely don't want to be there. We want to get back here, but here's the side of the ditch most of us fall into, and this side of the ditch, guys, is we fear what people think about us, and we're overly concerned. And did you notice here the Bible calls it a trap? And the Hebrew word that's used here is literally painting pictures referring to a trap that they used in Bible days that they would trap birds when they were walking on the ground, and it would literally catch a bird on its leg. And what happens when a bird gets into a trap? It's not a cage, but it just has it by the leg. What happens to that bird? What happens? It's like, ha, 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 ha. He, he can't fly, right? He can't get off the ground. He's not able to soar. Listen, listen, listen. If you allow the fear of people to get a hold of you, and if you live in the fear of people, it's going to keep you from soaring to the heights that God created you to live and to soar. And we surely don't want that to happen. Listen to another translation. It goes like this. Proverbs 29, 25, the message the fear of human opinion, it disables us. It just really disables us to where we're not able to accomplish or to do what God's created us to do. Now, I'm going to share this message today from experience because I had to overcome the fear of people. And not, not the fear in a way, like I said at the beginning, where I'm afraid that people are going to hurt me, just the fear of what do people think? And are they happy? Did I offend them? That type of fear. So I don't know if it's just my personality, like some of us are probably more given to struggling in this area than others, but we, we started Believers in 1983, and so this August was 35 years that Gene and I have pastored Believers Church, and um, the first 10 years were horrible for me from, from this perspective. From 1983 to 1993, I struggled so much with the fear of people, and I did not have, I did not know how to get free from it. I just did a lot of prayer, Lord, how to get free. But, you know, if you have a struggle in this area and you're on a platform teaching, it's amplified, right? So, so I would, I would finish up on the weekend and I would go home tormented. Did I offend this person? This person looked mad while I was teaching, and this person didn't say hi in the lobby. And, you know, I would just, I would just, obsess over it. And thankfully, Monday it would be there Tuesday, but by Wednesday it would go away because, you know, time heals wounds, right? And I just begin to forget about it. But then back then, for the first 20 years we were at church, I taught Wednesday nights too. So then I'd have to teach again Wednesday, and my stomach was a knots weekends and Wednesdays. And then I'd go home, and Thursday I'd be in torment, Friday I'd be in torment, and then I had to start over on Saturday. And I would just pray and say, God, how can I be free from this torment. And 
if you're not up here speaking, it still works in our lives. And we walk away from conversations with people and we wonder, you know, did I offend them? What do they think about me? Or we're trying to please somebody. And there's some people, guys, we'll never be able to please them as long as we live. And it's just this thing that gets a hold of us. So I want to show you what I had to learn in order to become free. And it took me a while, but I have a, I've got a hold of it now. And I can say this to you. I go home after I minister, and I've been. this has been this way for decades now, and I'm in total peace. Because here's what I know. If I offend somebody by what I teach, they can't say I offended them because I spoke down to them, because I don't speak down to people. I'm a, you're not going to find a pastor any nicer. And so um, I'm, I'm a nice guy, right? And I'm not speaking down or being mean in any way. And if I teach something and it offends somebody... All I know is it's what I know to be true, you know, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. God's going to have to show me, but I can't be bothered by that. And it really, God set me free, and God set me free in every relationship that I have. So here's my big idea. This is what I want to help you walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. If you make God big, people become small. And I'm not talking about people becoming small in the sense we don't care about people because the Bible teaches us that we should lay our lives down for people, that we should put people's needs above our needs. So we're not talking about making people small in the sense we don't care about people. We're talking about not caring about people's opinion. We're, here's what we're talking about, making God and what he thinks the biggest deal in our lives. And, you know, we've read this Proverbs Three different translations. Let me read the second half to you. It goes like this, Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects us from that. And when you and I can learn to make God big, to trust in him, guess what it's going to do? It's going to free us from the fear of people. And it's so wonderful to live life to where you really care about people, but it's not going to bother you if people don't agree or think you're doing the right thing. You are free. And I had to learn this. So I came up with three points that helped set me free. So here's number one, guys. You ready? Even God can't please everyone. Isn't that true? You, even God can't please everyone. And for those of us that are parents of two kids or more, can you agree? You know, if you say we're going to go to a restaurant, I remember we had four kids and I remember when they were little, we say we're going to a restaurant and every single one of them wanted to go to a different restaurant. And then they go, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. And, and you just couldn't please. You, you, people are different. But guess what? Here's what I want you to see. If God can't please everyone, how can you and I please everyone? I mean, people read the Bible and say, I don't like that. I'm just going to rip that baby out of here. Uh, you know, we, we, just, we, we just don't, we don't agree with God all the time. And God, God understands that. But if people can't agree with God, then how are they going to be able to agree with everything that we do? How are we going to please people? Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you please everybody, you have a problem. It's not good. Listen to this verse. This is Jesus, Luke 6, 26. He said, woe to you. That means it's not a good thing when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. And here's all he's saying. In the Bible, a false prophet was a, someone that said, I'm a prophet. I have a word from God for you. But the false prophets, everything they said was always 100% positive. They never said anything negative. They wanted everybody to like them. And so what Jesus is saying to us, we don't want to be like that because that means they had no 
you know, backbone. They had no, no standard of truth in their life. And all they wanted to do is make sure everybody liked, everybody loved them. And so what the Bible's saying to us is, woe to you if everybody likes you. If you really live for God, you're never going to have everybody like you. It's an impossibility. And you have to understand that God can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. And so I want people to say, hey, Joe has character. Joe's a nice guy. I may not agree with him, but he's, he seems to be a really good person. But I'll never get everybody to agree or like me. And I just thought, think if we ran for office, guys. Think if we were politicians. You know, politicians, 50% of the people don't want them to, to win, right? Typically, it's right around 50-50, right? Or 51-49. So think about it. They have to live their life knowing there's 49% of the people that can't stand me or don't like me. And guess what? If you live your Christian life, it's going to be the same way. Here's the second thing I learned. This really helped me. People's opinions don't have eternal impact. You are an eternal creature. And you're living your life now for this thing called eternity. And there are people we need in our lives like mentors and spiritual fathers and mothers. Their words will have spiritual and eternal impact, right? But not everything they say will always be exactly what you, you need to do. But the majority of the time they'll be right. But I'm talking about those people sometimes you and I fear and we're afraid to let them know we love Jesus or we go to church or we're going to live our life this way. And I don't agree with this. I believe this way. And we're afraid of people's opinions. And, and we have to understand their opinions have no eternal impact whatsoever. Jesus talked about this. Listen to what he said. Luke 16, 15. Jesus said to them, you are the ones who make yourselves look right in other people's sight. But God knows your heart. He's talking about the spiritual leaders of Israel who were really not great leaders. He goes on to say this, For the things that are considered of great value by people are worth nothing in God's sight. So people sometimes will have opinions that they're not, they're, not, they're not in line with God, and it means nothing to God. So I got to thinking about uh, when I met Gina. We, we met in Bible school. So she was from Chicago. I was from here. We meet in Bible school, and uh, I remember when I was going to meet her dad for the first time, and I'm really nervous. Here's part of why I was nervous. Her dad's name is Vito Capiello, and he's from Chicago. And all I could think of is Don Vito from The Godfather, right? And I'm like, I got to meet Vito, you know? And so I met him, and what I'm about to tell you, I am not embellishing, uh, no exaggeration whatsoever. He didn't say it in the voice I'm about to use, but... He did say these things to me. So I meet him, and he goes, oh, Joe, <laughs> uh, what are you going to do going to Ohio to start a church? Can you take care of my daughter? And I'm like, well, well, I just feel I'm supposed to go. And, well, how are you going to feed my daughter, Joe? And I'm like, well, I'm going to try my best. I'm, I, I really believe it's what I'm supposed to do. And then this next thing he said to me, didn't say it in this voice. He said this next thing. Here's what he said. He said, oh, why don't you come to Chicago and do that? I'll build you a church building. He's trying to make me an offer. I couldn't refuse, right? I'm like, I'm like, that was tempting, you know? And I said, well, I said, well, I just know I have to go back and do it where I'm going to do it, my hometown. 
and he didn't understand. And I thought, what a terrible first impression, right, with my future father-in-law. He's an awesome father-in-law, by the way. He's been the most awesome father-in-law 35 years. And now, once I became a parent, I understood why he was concerned for his daughter. Once you have kids, you know why there's some concern. He didn't understand, and I understand all that now, but I still had to walk away and not please him because his opinion was not eternal. And you and I have to do that in our lives at times, and that's okay. Here's, here's number three. You ready? Number three goes like this. Pleasing God is all that matters. And when I figured this out, it set me free like you can't believe. Nothing else matters but pleasing God. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul said this, Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. That's the approval we're after, right? If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Can I translate it? If you want to please people, you, you can't follow the Bible. Because if you follow the Bible, most people are not going to be excited with how you're living your life, unless they're fellow Christians doing the same thing. And so it, it's impossible to follow Christ and please people. But I love Paul's attitude. You know what? Here's all I care about. I love people. I'm laying my life down for them. I'm preaching the gospel to sometimes people that don't want to hear it. So I really love people. But all I care about is God's opinion. That's all that matters to me. And that set me free. So I thought about the three main ways that I have learned to please God. And I want to, I want to get these to you guys. Here's number one. It pleases God when we trust his love. We could say it this way. It pleases God when we trust that he loves us. Do you know that God loves you more than anyone in the entire universe? It's hard for us to comprehend because he says, well, doesn't he love my neighbor the same? Doesn't he love everyone? Yeah, he does. He's God. He can do that. He loves you more than anything in the entire universe. And you want to talk about pleasing God and freeing yourself from the fear of people. You need to understand how much God loves you. So I want to share an Old Testament verse. It's so amazing. It's Zephaniah 317. And it reads like this. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. When you accept Christ, what happens? The Bible says, Holy Spirit comes to live in you. If two or three of you are gathering in my name, there I am in the midst. We may not feel it. Sometimes we do feel God's presence, especially when we sing. But guys, he's in your presence. Listen to this. He will take delight in you with gladness. Have you ever stopped to think God looks at you and he takes delight? So I, I, I thought, how, how can I help you guys understand this? So for all of you that are grandparents, you're going you're gonna to understand this instantly because, you know, we have two grandkids and they're still young and we talk about them all week long. And if we have them for a day and they're with us for one day, all, all we can do is we just say, Remember when Joey did this and Riley was so cute when she did this? And we just delight in them. Everything they do is cute. Everything they say is cute. God delights in you the same way. And some of you are sitting saying, how can God do that? He, do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm struggling with? Do you know how, how, how many things are off in my life and how much I need to fix? God sees you finished. God delights in you. And you and I have to come to a place. If you want to be free from the fear of people, you have to know God delights in you. And I like what he goes on to say. Listen to this next thing. With his love, he will calm all your fears. Once your fears calm, realize how much God loves you. 
receive how much he loves you. And I love this last part. This last part is so awesome. Think about it. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Do you know God writes songs? I've never been able to write a song. I marvel over people that can write songs. It's just the most amazing thing in the world to me. It's amazing. But God literally writes songs about you, and he sings them over you. You can't hear it, but that's how much he loves you. So I got to thinking, what kind of song would he write about me? You know, And it's like, I just got to think, I love you, Joe. Joe, you're so awesome. I appreciate you, Joe. Love the way you dress. Love the way you talk, Joe. Um, see, now you know why I'm not in a band and I don't write songs, right? But, but, guys, he rejoices over you. And, and it set me free from the fear of people when I realized how much God loves me, and it will set you free. Here's the second thing. Here's, here's number two. I had, I had to grasp about pleasing God, and, and here, here's what pleases God. It pleases God when we trust his words or the Bible. The Bible is God speaking to us, and when you and I begin to just love it and trust it, it just, it just sets fear away. It brings us to a place to where we're totally free because we're pleasing God at the highest level. And, and all we care about is, God, what do you think? Psalm 119, 103 says this, Your words or the Bible are so choice, so tasty, I prefer them to the best home cooking. Now, I want you to notice the word prefer. Have any of you ever thought, I want to read the Bible rather than have my favorite dish? I think about that. Um, I got to thinking about, you know, what we call comfort food. So I, I thought about my mama's cooking, and even when I was an adult, when I went back to visit mom, and I had her some of her meals, like for me it was red sauce, you know, and meatballs, that kind of thing, and and even as an adult, you take a bite and it was like, <sighs> life was just better, right? Whatever your comfort food is, you know what I'm saying? The Bible can be that good, and if it's not that good to you, I want to encourage you to taste and see. You read it, you're going to be amazed by it. Listen to the next verse, verse 104. With your instructions, I understand life. That's why I hate all fa false propaganda or untruth. And his instructions help us understand this crazy world that we're living in. And man, it pleases God when you just love his word and you understand how much he loves you. And I'm going to just share one more verse. This verse is pretty cool. Verse 105, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. And when you just begin to hunger for this thing, you taste it, you're going to say, that's, that's as good as any meal I've ever had. It's amazing. It will change you forever. And here's number three. It's the, it really helps me to come to a place to where all I care about is pleasing God. And I call it, this, this is what I say, it pleases God when we trust his final promise. You know, Jesus talked about the final promise over and over again when he was here and then in the book of Revelations, Jesus was speaking from heaven, and John wrote it down. And John spoke about this, this uh, final promise, or actually Jesus did. John recorded it. Here's what he said, Revelation 22:12. 12. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I want to read it out of one more translation, the message. Yes, I'm on my way. This is Jesus. I'll be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me. I'll pay all people in full for their life's work. Now understand, this is really important. I want you to see this. When you and I accept Jesus as our Savior, 
we receive what's called an inheritance. Inheritance is something you can't work for. So all of us, you know, that, that have family, you have parents, grandparents, sometimes when they pass, you receive what? An inheritance. Did you work for that? No. You received that just because you were born into the family. So as a Christian, when you accept Jesus, your inheritance is heaven. You get to go to heaven. Eternal life. Jesus. Think about it. That's your inheritance. You don't have to work for that. You can't work for that. But then Jesus said, and this is what I love about this. If you live for me, if you pick up your cross, you follow me, you fall in love with me and you live your life for me, I'm going to reward you for it. And brothers and sisters, there was a click that went on in my mind years ago where I said, you know what? I'm an eternal creature and I'm living my life now for eternity. And if I live full blast for God, not only do I get to go to heaven, I'm going, I'm going there automatically, but I will be rewarded when I get up there. And so many of you, if you just begin to focus on that, God will take the fear of people right out of your lives. And I want to end with one more thought. You ready for one more? This is a cool thought. It goes like this. When you fear people less, you love them more. And I notice that in my life. Man, I can love people like I've never loved them before because I'm not afraid of what they think. So I can, I can love them. I can be real with people just because I don't fear people. And this was an amazing, amazing thing in my life. I learned if I make God big, people and their opinion become small and it's so exciting. So I want to just ask you a question. Let's just highlight one of the things we taught today. Are you excited that God loves you more than anything in all the universe? And then can we take a moment? Can we just say thank you, God, for your love? Let's do that right now. Foreman, let's do that. It's amazing. And think about it. If we make God big, people become small. Boardman, Pastor Graham's coming up this weekend. He's going to close things down with you and TCI and Warren. Can we bow our heads right now? Let's just pray. Father, I did my best to uh, teach this lesson that you gave us. And we thank you, Lord, that if we trust in you, we can be free from the fear of people. Lord, we ask you this week, help us see where we're not making you big so we can make you bigger. And Lord, we thank you for the weeks to come where you're going to help us become free from all types of fears. We thank you for your love just freeing us from all fear. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, I really believe when you teach the Bible, God speaks to people's hearts. And I really believe as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, God's ministering life to people. So I want to encourage you, open up, let him speak to your heart. Let him minister that life to you. He's given some of you some ideas on what you can do, some, some things you can do to free yourself up at a higher level. And so heads are bowed, eyes are closed. While we're all praying, I want to make or give one invitation. Listen, whether you're streaming TCI or here in Warren, if you're not sure of your forever, the Bible teaches us that if we call on the name of the Lord, he will save us. Whoever believes in Jesus will be saved. So right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby. I'm not asking you if you believe in God or not. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Because the Bible says that's the main question in all the Bible. What have you done with Jesus? And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you accept me, I'll save your soul. So I guess I'm asking, can you remember a moment in your life when you made it real, you made it personal? 
with Jesus. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember that moment. Why not make it now? Why not say, Jesus, I believe that good news. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here and you say, that's me, you're listening, would you pray with us right now? Everyone in this room, everybody listening, can we help others around us pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. Jesus, this day, I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.